0: Oh, there's all little bits of steam coming out of Block Party's machine at the end there. I don't know what he was talking about, but whatever it was, it's very important. Why? Well, I know he seemed absolutely incensed. Incensed about it. Mm. And excited. <coughs> oh, that was Block Party. And this is uh, Adam and Joe here on BBC Six Music uh, on a Saturday morning uh, for our three hour Saturday morning show. It's a marathon of fun. That's what I would call it. A funathon. A fun marathon. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's like a three-hour fun run. Um, It's a nice morning as well, folks. I don't know if you've been out yet, but certainly here in London town. Can't speak for the rest of the United Kingdom, and I wouldn't want to. No. But here in London, it's nice. It's crisp. It's a lovely winter morning. You know, what are the best things about winter for you, Joe Cornish? Oh, Santa? Yeah. The reindeer, the thick, thick snow? Uh, all the Hollywood stars <laughs> yeah. shopping that's mainly Christmas though I'm thinking uh, winter, winter in general yeah the season uh, I yeah the, the, the I don't know because there's lots of downsides to winter who yeah. are the people who suffer most in the this winter this is a very tiring opening leg. I know I'm putting you on the spot <laughs> here I'm sorry about that God, but what? here the people who suffer most in the yes. winter they would be the farmers wouldn't they and yeah the, and the homeless whatever Farmers and homeless. They're the most underprivileged groups in society. Mm. But uh there are nice things about winter as well. I wanted to chat about some of those <laughs> a bit later on. <laughs> that's something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing a tease. Lots of my good music c- c- coming up in the show. Uh, car c- coming up in the show. I just scratched that bit. Oh, that's nice. Uh we've got some lethal bizzle coming up. We've got some blur, some de la soul. Uh we're not gonna play PM Dawn with set adrift on memory What Bliss. have you got against PM Dawn? That's the most pathetic rap song Maybe ever you'll recorded. Send me it's terrible said to drift on the memory bliss who's that guy what's he called Prince B wasn't he something like that yeah he was confused he was confused lots of great music of course we're gonna uh, in a second reveal the winner of last week's Song Wars then later in the show we'll have this week's Song Wars which is on the theme of global warming sung very sincerely with some whistling exactly right mm-hmm. exactly uh, we've also got text the nation and all sorts of exciting uh Nuggets yeah, scurrilous rumour, you know, inconsequential chatter, ill-advised gossip, that kind of thing. All of that to look forward to. But right now, here's some music for you. This is uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Go on, you can go out there and for goodness sake, just, just stop going on about it. Let me out. Have we got the results of last week's Song Wars standing by? Do you Have you folded them up? Yes. Yeah, okay. Let's hit the jingle. That was... Uh, just before the jingle, I'll just tell you that that was Smashing Pumpkins, in case you didn't realise, with Cherub Rock. That was Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> Thank you very much, Pumpkins.
1: It's time for Song Wars, the war of the songs. A couple of tunes by a couple of proms. Which will you vote for? Which one is the best? We're putting our songs to
0: the listener test, so check it out. So this is it. Uh, last week's songs were on the subject of a listener. We invited listeners to write in with facts about a close friend, and then we wrote songs around those facts. Uh, mine was about a guy called Jack Meller. M- mine was about, about a guy called James Rohan. Mine was requested by Joel. Uh, I uh, don't mine... forget, remember his second name. I think, yeah, I think Mark was the name of James's mm. friend. Are we going to play Little Reminders? Oh, have you got the whole Bloomin' Things? Do you,
2: do you want the clips or
0: the full things? Let's just have the clips, don't you think? Yeah, little clips, I think. Um, you know this was my one about Jack- around, Jack Mella. Jack, Jack was raised on a farm, but Jack was quite high. Yeah, that's enough. That's enough. They might need to be beefed up a little bit volume-wise there.
2: There's a man whose name is Ooh. James Rohan. <laughs> He's a beast. On the surface he is not a suit but his armpit. This is Adams. What was this
0: one called? Uh, James Rohan, Neanderthal, Neanderthal Man. from that. Okay, and I'm gonna open the envelope now to reveal the winner.
1: Very exciting
0: I just remind listeners that I have that me Adam Buxton, I have lost wow. song wars every single week for the last four weeks. this would be week number now, this would be week number four that I had lost in a row if I lose again. is it what no this is show number five, yes, yeah, so it would be f- yeah number yeah. four yeah, yeah. um. Well, look at that! It, the tables have turned. Yes, Adam has taken it by seventy-five percent to twenty-five percent.
1: Thanks, fans.
0: Bucko wins. Bucko, smash a room. Oh, I'm happy about. It. I can't. I can't pretend that I'm not happy about it. I've got a, a, quite a good email that's an analysis of your song. Oh, really? But but it's through there on the printer. Shall we play the next record and I'll go and get it? Yes. Okay. We'll, it well, that's that's good. So, are we going to play my song in fall then? No, that's <laughs> the winning song. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, then if we have to. Yes. Here's James Rohan, the and a tall man.
2: There's a man whose name is James Rohan. He's a beast. On the surface, he is not her cute, but his armpit hair is scary. And for that reason, he is known as Harry. He is preoccupied with Lady Parts and solo. Fun before the internet he lived upon the top shelf. He bought a Lindsay Dawn Mackenzie DVD one time, but returned it cause it wasn't really dirty. dirty.
1: He likes football and drinking. He's not a fan of thinking, he nearly gets in fights with folks at karaoke nights. He sounds like quite a nightmare, but perhaps that isn't quite fair. Maybe there's a softer side to Harry that he's trying to hide.
2: For example, Jimmy Rohan used to be a swimming champ Which is when they had to shave all his hair off When it grew back, it was longer and coarser Which may have left him with some feelings of resentment On the plus, uh, Jimmy Rohan really likes Star Trek Which indicates that he is not beyond redemption James Rohan, Neanderthal man Learned from the lessons of the track
0: Here's a couple of emails that we received <laughs> over the week in relation to that song well, one was from Rich Flight hmm. uh, he's the web administrator at the climber shop limited in Cumbria oh yeah I on went to that side he yeah. says hi Adam and Joe despite its slightly Suggs-esque vocal styling mm-hmm. I think Adam's hairy Neanderthal man song is by far the superior I'm not saying I'd go out and buy it <laughs> but if I had to choose one then it's the dot 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 least dot 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 bad <laughs> that's <laughs> nice isn't it that's fair and here's the analysis this is by a guy called Craig uh Mackin M-A-C-H-I-N I'm going to read it out in a kind of New England uh, American intellectual pull-through-style voice. Mm-hmm. He says, Hello, chaps. Great to hear you're back on the air. I hope you start doing a podcast again soon. That's not really a pull-through voice. That's more like David Byrne. David Byrne. OK. My vote is for Adam's James Rohan, Neanderthal Man. The chugging, relentless verse melody with its gruff vocals perfectly highlights the nefarious character of James, the sung subject. I'm going to stop this voice. At uh, First, this sounds like it's going to be a jocular hatchet job on James's character. But then... Our attitudes are questioned by the change of emotional tone, both lyrically and musically, during the chorus stroke middle section. Adam switches to a more melodic and sincere singing style, which insists that we do not just see James simply as a beast or a figure of fun. Quotes. (laughs) He sounds like quite a nightmare, but perhaps that isn't quite fair. (laughs) maybe there's a softer side to harry that he's trying to hide wow the chorus ends on an unresolved chord is there a softer side to harry <laughs> the verse returns with barely a pause for breath now sounding emphatic rather than mocking <laughs> and provides us with the answer yes harry is not beyond redemption Quote, wow for example jimmy rohan used to be a swimming champ while also given an insight into the trauma that may have made Harry the man he is physically and psychologically. Adam, like James's defence advocate, beseeches the listener to take James's full body shape into consideration, bravely pointing out, even though the line does not rhyme, that it might have left James with feelings of resentment, as well as more than the average quota of body hair. The simplicity and brevity of the song belies its complex arguments for acceptance of other lifestyles and appearances. With its reggae-inspired tune, the listener is reminded of the (laughs) anti-racist ska songs by white performers in the early 80s. As for Joe's song... Nah, it's not as good. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, Craig. That's fantastic. I've got to frame that. Keep that. That's amazing. So that's that's this week's uh, Song Wars. We'll have another Song Wars coming up in a bit. We have to leave a bit of a gap to clear the air of the stench of amateur, amateur music. <laughs> uh, but there will be some more amateur parping, uh, you know, at, at around 10 o'clock. So hold tight. Now, this is not an amateur song. Is this something that you chose, Joe? Yeah, what is it? BDP. Yeah, this is brilliant. This is from... Um, uh um
2: uh uh, 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 um, uh, a man
0: joe just had a little brain fart (laughs) this is from bdp they're called boogie down productions this is a great album called ghetto music the blueprint of hip-hop i thought it was deleted but then i found it in america you must have been so happy that i was so happy oh wicked i found it and this is a track from it this is called the style you haven't done yet
1: the number one set oh, and sound oh, oh. Oh. Get. Oh, oh,
0: oh, yes, yes. yes the white men are in effect here on bbc six music it's uh, adam and joe on a saturday morning hello he had a little lyrical nod to hall of notes there did he i'm out of touch you're out of time did he yeah i wonder how that relates date wise uh well they were 1981 something like that there's a digital uh, a cable channel called Main Street uh-huh. do you ever stumble across it oh yeah it sometimes it plays uh, reruns of the old grey whistle test yes and hall and notes were on it last night that's right they play like whole concerts yeah it was br- it's brilliant it, <laughs> was that a good one cuz i i saw uh who did i see on whistle test and it wasn't quite so good <laughs> hall and notes were playing a song called abandoned luncheonette uh-huh. it went on for hours right. they were furious that the luncheonette was abandoned Oh, I saw Tom Petty, a Tom Petty special. I like Tom Petty. Mm. Oh, it wasn't that very well. Good they're often very, very early performances. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the end of that conversation. Well, you know, listen, I was uh, talking about winter earlier on. I, I don't want to like talk to you about winter, mm. but I just thought it would be nice. Just to so that... so broad. Yeah, I know it is. Listen, I'm going to narrow it down for All you. All right, right, okay. because I, I thought it would be worth celebrating the positive aspects of winter that are seldom celebrated. You know what I mean? Because people are very pro summer. Everyone writes songs about the summer. That kind thing but I, there's certain things that really i love about the winter um, all right uh and i want to tell you about them now here are my top favorite three things about the winter getting very cold water out of taps all the time isn't that nice do you mm. not enjoy that you you're like the world is the world is a water cooler exactly yeah yeah that's true you know you don't have to run it for ages to get mm. the cool stuff in summertime sometime, summertime you have to run it you run it for about five minutes there and you uh, and it's not even getting very cool where uh just there, there, and you start thinking, now i 'm wasting water, and i 'm not even going to get a cool glass of water out of it. Not a problem in winter when the freezing water is there instantly delicious, and I said before that obviously i'm taking into you know this is ignoring the fact that winter is a very hard time for a lot of very people. difficult, very difficult, especially for if you're worms homeless, and if you 're a worm and if you're a farmer it winter is not an enjoyable time if you're a worm for farmer th- th- then I it's imagine then it's the worst hell on earth, the hard earth you have to deal with it's a nightmare even think about it here's another thing i enjoy about number two. two number two not being constantly distracted and confused by attractive people mainly women wearing hardly anything there's something sexy about too many clothes though Well, that's the thing I like. It's manageable sexiness, though. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't scramble your mind. You know, the basis of eroticism is concealment. Well, there you go, of course. You know, eroticism is about what you can't see, not what you can. So, a woman in a massive puffer jacket, (laughs) 20 scarves, a hard hat, (laughs) and massive boots is very sexy to me. I think, what's she like under all them layers? (laughs) All red and sweaty is the answer. Yeah that's yeah, sexy, that it's not, sexy. It's just you describing that it's nice i'm going to play that back later on um but no i like it you know because in the summertime sometimes you walk around your days if you're feeling a little bit uh, randy your day's more or less ruined on a sort of five minute basis a little by a randy uh, newman yeah a little bit randy um, um, mcdonald and and then it's just a disaster area um here's the final thing i really enjoy this is an obvious one about winter uh, just coziness. In the it's cozy isn't duvet it? cocoon mm. oh sometimes you wake up in the morning if if you don't have to get up for work immediately and you're in the duvet cocoon that life doesn't get that much better it's true a oh. lot of people listening to this will be in the duvet cocoon good times we wish we were there with you yeah oh i do i do not i do not you you me you, well not... no we'd have the listeners in between us well, so we... we wouldn't have to touch each other (laughs) but would we be touching them oh yes we don't like to touch each other we did a photo shoot this week for the BBC and when the photographer asked us to touch our heads together because they always ask us to do this when you're a kind of duo or whatever and they're taking pictures of you they always say can you push your heads right together and do a crazy face stick your tongue out Joe just said nope (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to touch him imagine us appearing if you're in bed now listen to this imagine us appearing like something out of the the grudge (laughs)
3: <laughs> under your duvet
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. fondling <laughs> your ankles that's right Whoa. you know here's a here's a segue for you this is someone I would really enjoy it if she popped up the, the, my, my grammar is all over the shop this morning but I would be delighted if this it's person it's early man I think the first hour we yeah, would, no one expects people to no. speak properly no, between no 9 and 10 rules. on Saturday but if if our next artist popped up in the duvet cocoon I would be sorted this is Bjork with Earth Intruders Bjork <laughs> lovely lovely bjork. bjork is that the way you pronounce it you said there. i don't know some people pronounce it bjerk don't bjork, they bjork. oh she's adorable well, um you know, yeah some people we were talking about our amateur songwriting mm. um you were a bit worried that it's sort of taking over the program a bit well it's one of those things if you you know if you're not fond of a feature in a program and you mm. tune in your heart sinks because you think oh god are they gonna be with this because we hour. got it we play last week's then we play this week's mm. then we play this week's again it's sort of um, it's not spreading perfect, all it? over the show like an like a fungus or an algae. Or a rash. Or a rash. But some people like it. Here's an email from James Pittendray. <laughs> Dear Adam and Joe, I would love to have a copy of Joe's version of Place the Meatballs. Any chance of emailing me one? Hmm. I can't get it out of my <laughs> head. Someone asked me what I was singing in the work kitchen this morning as I was getting my morning coffee. Place the Meatballs. <laughs> and place the Meatballs. They must have thought I was a bit weird when I told them. <laughs> when I told them it was a song about how to cook IKEA Swedish meatballs. Is his name James Peter Andre? Possibly. I hope so. Yeah, Pit, pit Andre. <laughs> Peter Andre. <laughs> and here's one <laughs> flattering about yours, Adam. Yeah? Hmm? Being balanced. Dear Adam and Joe, but mostly Adam. Hmm? This is from Sarah Castro. Please could you put the Scallywag Classic Tiny Mobile Speakers back on the BBC website, because it's a work of pure genius. Even after 20 times of hearing it throughout that glorious week after the broadcast, I would always laugh, and it has been sorely missed. My mate Claire agrees, and it's her birthday this next weekend. Wow, This next weekend. Don't worry. Well, these are the kind of things that we'll put in our podcast when they eventually happen. We might talk about that a bit later on, give you a bit of an update. But right now, it's time for the news, read by Harvey Cook.
1: Digital Radio. Digital TV. BBC Six Music.
0: The Foo Fighters with Long Road to Ruin. That's released on the 3rd of December. And George Lamb chatted to Dave Grohl on Thursday. You can hear the interview again if you head to George's page. I just ended the sentence. Suddenly. I like it. I like it. Keeps people switched on. Absolutely. Attention. I'm going to go to George's page. I'd like to hear page. what Dave Grohl has to say. Yeah. Is it. Text the nation time. I think it is. Text the nation. Text. Text. text, text, text the nation. What if I don't want to? Text the nation. But I'm using email. Is that a problem? It doesn't matter. Text. Yes, it's text the nation. The part of the show, uh, unlike any other program, where we ask you to text in about things. Uh, you can text six four zero four six or email. Actually, Adam and Joe dot six music at bbc dot co dot uk and what was the theme we established uh last week there? you know very well what it was yeah but i'm doing it like a duo thing yeah but i want to put it all on you because i think it's a little bit of a, a f- inflammatory one do you i think it's dangerous this one do you because i think it uh it, it's it's something that you should be ashamed of like one should be ashamed what of. do you know what i mean this is th- basically the idea is uh of text the nation is ideas that you think you had before yes. anyone else. Exactly yeah but sometimes it genuinely happens i know it genuinely happens but i think it's a good thing in life it's an important thing in life to not dwell on it ever i agree but we're allowed to dwell on it for one saturday of course uh, a couple of hours just to just to let off the steam uh yeah we're talking about ideas you think you had and then they turned up in the real world someone else had them a product or a film or a book or something because you can become a very twisted and bitter bitter person yeah absolutely and one of the important things about being creative (laughs) Uh, I'd like to let you know <laughs> yeah. is that you've got to have lots of ideas. Exactly, you've got to be able just to throw them out and, and not worry about it. And you've got to act on them. That's the other key yeah. thing. Yeah, it's no good having an idea and then just sitting on it if you don't act on it. Exactly. You may as well never have had it. Here's my one. What I had and I didn't act on Go quickly. On uh, I had an idea. For, we had an idea for a film about a couple of people who run a video shop and they make all the films that they rent out. Mm. Uh, so they get, they, it was, you know, gonna be a kind of an Adam and Joe show thing, and they were gonna, and they were gonna rent out silly spoof versions of films. Now, Michel Gondry, who made, uh, what did he make? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah. And The Science of Sleep. Yeah, he's done it with uh, Jack Black and Moss Def what's it called it's called Be Kind Rewind there you go and it's about uh, Moss Def and Jack Black run a video shop and uh, a meteor passes it a magnetic meteor and it erases all their VHS tapes don't ask why they're renting VHSs in in this day and age it's, it's set in the olden times isn't, isn't it? it I think so and then they have to they have to make all the f- so it's exactly that idea yeah 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 now he's done it I'm sure a lot better than we would or maybe not <laughs> i don't know i haven't seen it maybe not people say it's pretty good i bet it's good. uh but that makes me i think uh, i can't kind of read about it or yeah. I, I might be feel sick when i go and see it my idea that i had a while back um around about 2001 i did this and i was watching a lot of director commentaries on, at the time on dvds and I just thought it would be funny to do, like, a spoof director commentary that f- for a show that really didn't deserve one. Oh, yeah, this is true. And, uh, yeah, so I did a, a, a thing with my character, Ken Corder,
1: who, you know, talks a little bit like this and he's a bit of an idiot. And I did a whole commentary for an episode of a show called The Priory. Which was Jamie fixton and um, Zoe Ball,
0: yeah, and it was you know it was a simple idea. It was just the idea. It was it it, it was silly that commentaries that yeah, spoof commentary for a show that uh, really wouldn't merit one. uh, You know, as wonderful as the Priory was, so I did the whole thing and and like forty five minutes worth of ludicrous commentary. I made menus for it and everything, and uh, it was just something I did to amuse myself and my friends. But then, then, but then I thought I'm going to send this idea around, you know, because people really liked it, and a couple of my friends said you should you should pitch this to like a TV station or whatever. So i went around and pitched it to a few people everyone told me to uh, leave the building and uh, get out and they weren't really a couple of people were vaguely interested but they never acted on it two years later uh rob bryden did the exact same thing, director commentaries. But he did them for sort of old films. I'm not suggesting that he stole the idea, but it was a piece of synchronicity that uh, was very frustrating mm. for me, I must say. Anyway, we'd like to hear your ideas that you think you had before anyone anyone else with any kind of uh, supporting evidence. <laughs> yeah, text 64046 uh, or email six music at bbc.co.uk uh, and we'll read the best ones out. Uh, now, here's some music. This is De La Soul with I Know... There are the plugs, one, two, and three, from De La Soul. Man, that is good stuff. It It sounds fantastic, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 I know. And who are they sampling there? That's uh, Steely Dan, isn't it, from Peg. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's an amazing song as well. Anyway, this is Adam and Joe here on BBC Six Music. We're with you for the next two and a quarter hours of fun yeah over to you, Joe Cornish. Coming up now, it's uh, advert analysis time. Mm-hmm. I've been watching, as I mentioned earlier, rubbish cable channels, and uh, they're obviously where the worst adverts collect, the kind of silly Bang type adverts. Although, uh, before we continue very, very briefly, there's an ad that's bled over all channels at the moment for kettle chips. Have you seen that one? Uh, is it Vox Pops? Yeah, it seems yeah. to have been made by a five-year-old for yeah. uh, 50 pence. Well we've often discussed this uh adam and i that uh, advertisers obviously go out of their way to make adverts weird yeah so there's something sort of unsettling about them uh that kind of sticks in your brain and obviously these uh kind of sync adverts not adverts for sync but the ones that sink to the bottom of the Mm -hmm. of the barrel that you tend to get on these uh, uh digital channels are prime examples of that that's right they're really odd they're sort of designed to if you're a housewife Uh, to kind of educate you, but also freak you out. Yeah. And it's well known that, you know, stuff like the silly Bang adverts, they're they're designed to be odd, uh, they're designed to appeal to students, and they're kind of... uh, you know, knowingly, uh, designed with an inbuilt sort of culty thing that people get obsessed with them. Yeah. But they're getting very, very good at this. Uh It's not like sort of Pleasantville-style 50s stuff where everyone's just chirpy and it's this artificial world where everybody talks about products. It's gone beyond that Truman Show thing. Now they're starting to be really deliberately abstract in some of the editing and and presentation and and we can't say the name of the brand can we on on the big british Probably best or... not to best not to so i'm going to call it fluffite uh, it's a product for making clothes more fluffy you stick it in the old washing machine and there's a, an advert for fluffite uh, and we're going to perform it for you now a bedroom lady number one is putting on a jumper while her dark-haired friend lady number two lounges sultrily on the bed behind her gazing at her bottom Lady Number One notices that her jumper is all stretched. Oh, no. This one's all stretched, too. Sudden cut to a strange man standing in the kitchen. He's addressing the camera. Looks like she needs a bit of help. Back to the bedroom. In the time it took to say that one line, Lady Number One has taken off the stretched jumper, revealing a sexy white vest. She's hung the jumper on a hanger and is now inspecting it, her sexy friend standing close behind, looking worried. And I wash everything so carefully? Suddenly, the man reaches out and grabs the jumper, as if he's been in the same room all along, but for some reason was neither audible or visible. He addresses Lady Number One. It's not you. It could be your detergent, weakening the fibres of your clothes, leading to this kind of damage. We see jumpers damaged by shrinking, bubbling, and fibre damage. The man's disembodied hands gesture over the ruined woolens, finally entering a brown sleeve and popping a finger through a hole in it, giving the camera the finger... Now he thrusts a big bottle of fluffite with a huge, bulbous, blue plastic ball on the top towards the woman. Try new fluffite stop-stretch. It's more than just a detergent. It's a safe detergent. The woman looks at her friend, impressed at this amazing new word. Mmm. Her sexy friend returns her look aroused. And that means fluffite helps keep all your clothes looking and feeling new for longer. Uh, The word safe detergent comes up. It's trademarked. (laughs) the man holds up two jumpers he's suddenly got two jumpers he's got the jumper she originally took off and it's suddenly all beautifully ironed and not stretched anymore how did he do it so fast fade to black fade up on the two ladies having coffee wow new outfit no new detergent lady number two strokes lady number one's arm then runs her other hand down her thigh and they snog that doesn't happen. <laughs> Cut back to the man in the kitchen, an array of bulbous, bulbous bottles before him. New fluff stop-stretch. Gives you the power to become invisible, stop time, break into a beautiful lesbian woman's house, hide in her kitchen, wait until she notices her jumpers are stretching, and then very suddenly give her a product demonstration without anyone noticing anything unusual or calling the police. So keep an eye out for that one on, on the telly list. You listeners. made up that last line. I though. did make up the last bit. A safe turgent. That, I can't believe they actually used the word safe turgent in it's there. It's <laughs> not a detergent. It's a safe detergent. Well, it's worked on us, hasn't it? Because it's stuck in yeah, our brain. Yeah, it's brilliant though, because it means all other detergents are unsafe. Yes, that's you know, right. by definition, they're De- danger detergent, danger detergents, <laughs> uh, death detergents,
3: death detergents.
0: <laughs> 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 right now, here's a track that I chose for for you folks. This is from an album that I was rooting through the the bins of CDs here at BBC Six Music. There's huge kind of recycling bins with all uh, multiple copies of CDs that go off to get recycled, and I found this one at the bottom. Suburban kids with biblical names they're called and they're from sweden and they make a kind of uh lo-fi low-tech kind of uh, poppy noise that's uh redolent of early beck and all sorts of influences there uh, but this is a good track I hope you like it oh it reminds me of the monochrome set early 80s uh, outfit anyway check this out it's called seems to be on my mind by suburban kids with biblical names <laughs>
1: Many of the BBC's radio programmes have podcasts, which you can download and listen to wherever and whenever you like. <laughs> I am the alpha male. The
3: Jonathan
2: Ross Podcast, from BBC Radio 2.
1: The men go, oh, you're not putting him on again, are you? they go, I need something in my life.
3: This is Five Live.
1: Mark Kermode and Simon Mayo's film review podcast. A really good, smart, low-budget film. Quote from Steven Spielberg. He said it gave him inspiration for the rest of the year. Russell Howard and John Richardson. On six. I organise my pants practically sexy and specific pants do you do that <laughs> put you in this sexy jar oh crack can barely put my hand in there download them for free now go to bbc.co.uk slash podcasts where's our
0: podcast well where is our podcast that's a good point isn't it we've been a bit slow uh, organizing it finalizing the details i think what's going to happen is that we are gonna just leave it for the rest of the year and then launch in 2008 oh my it'll be so strong though we'll have all these shows to pick the best bits of we'll record some new stuff it'll be bionic we're gonna launch all the heck out of that uh, podcast folks you will not be disappointed so just hang on in there uh before the trail there you heard suburban kids with biblical names that was good yeah it was a good track wasn't it and it had whistling in it which is very apposite because this week's song wars which we'll be doing in, in 20 or 30 minutes time uh is songs with whistling in them. It's more than that, but it does feature whistling. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put an extra little syllable in there. That was good. Thank you. It made the word different. Thank you very much. Now, would you like to hear... No. No? What? Blur? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Here's a little session track for you. This was recorded way back in the good old days, 1999, when life was simpler. Uh, <laughs> terrorists were just a little glint in the eye of uh, Osama bin Laden, and um, that's not, none of that's necessarily true. Um, but, uh, Blur, well, the Blur were past their prime in those days, weren't they, really? It was, they were slightly on the decline there. They were holding it together. How Graham, very rude. Graham Coxon was, uh, furious. He was just about to leave. But still, they were together, and they just released their album 13, I think, around about this time. Uh, and they were playing... This, l- this is their Chrissy track, isn't it? Yeah, they were playing... Oh, yeah, so, so this wasn't this from 13. This is Christmas hit. But anyway, uh, this is from uh, Radio One Session, live at the Golders Green Hippodrome, March 1999. This is The Universal from Blur. There you go. That's the mighty Blur. <laughs> really well done, Blur. Well oh. done, Dan. He's a good singer, though, isn't he?
1: Text the nation. Text, 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 text the nation. What if I don't want to? Text the nation. But I'm using email. Is that a problem? It doesn't matter. Text.
0: I feel like I'm on the news when that jingle plays because we're stacking papers. That's right. Shuffling our papers ready, and it's an exciting new style jingle. And now here is Text the Nation, led yes. by Joe Cornish. <clears throat> good afternoon. <laughs> good afternoon the subject of this afternoon's textination was ideas that you think you had before anyone else i've just been going silent quite a lot this morning it's my new trick well it's not necessarily yours that's an idea that i had before you i <sighs> you know i used that last week Brilliant. now you're all over the uh, going silent before anyone else because of course that's the theme of textination yeah. this week it's ideas that you you're sure you're convinced you had first hmm. uh, before some big company stole it off of you and uh basically stole your livelihood that's right stole a potential fortune ripped you. your future away that's right uh and we got lots of very good ones um i don't know where to start but we'll start here with a, a text from ellie it says dear adam and joe my husband is adamant that he coined the phrase billy no mates during a phone call with his friend joff in 1988 i fear he is sadly delusional." Perhaps your listeners could offer proof of use of this phrase in print or other media prior to 1988. I like that because, on the one hand, it's very broad, mm-hmm. Billy Nomates, but on the other hand, she provides the name of the person who was being called yeah. and the year. So that, you know, within reason, it's checkable. But if it was applied to a specific person actually called Billy, yes. then doesn't that uh, slightly... You think you... there's like, a, like, a, like an actual Billy, who was the first Billy to have that used against... Is that him? not what she's implying? Uh no, because it was a phone call with his friend Joff. Oh okay, sorry, sorry, <laughs> I misunderstood. It should have been Joffy Nomates. Yeah, yeah. Um well that's quite possible. If anyone can find evidence of the use of that phrase before nineteen eighty eight. Don't uh... bother about it. <laughs> Leave it <laughs> yourself. Here's another one. Um from Lisa in Stockton on <laughs> T. Uh while picking up a particularly soft dog poop uh it was my dog's in bracket. I invented in my mind dog poo freeze spray, but did nothing about it. I was in a pet shop last week, and there, on the shelf next to poo pickup bags. Uh, neither Adam nor I have dogs. This is a world we don't really know or understand, mm-hmm. but some of you out there do, and you go around picking up their, their nonsense, pops. their pops. Uh, on the shelf next to poo pickup bags was my product called only Freeze Spray. Right. There you go. Poo Freeze. Yeah. That's a good idea. I mean, that's a little bit like the plot for a whole film, which is about this very thing, which was not a very successful film, uh, with... Who's the director of uh, Tin Men? Um, Barry Levinson. Barry Levinson. He did a thing with Jack Black, all about someone who, uh, and it was Jack Black. And was it called Evil. Uh, no, no, it was Envy or something or something. Envy. Like that. It was called Envy. Was it Ben Stiller? Even. Yeah, yeah. yeah and one of the them, floppo. one of them invents a spray that just vaporizes dog poo, and then ah. the and then the other one reckons that he had the idea You're first. Right. Of and they go off and they, uh, one of them makes a million, and anyway, it's all about this very thing. Here's one that I like for its simple brevity and power. Uh, it's an anonymous one. I developed the idea for Die Hard many years ago before (laughs) it came out, but hey, I'm not bitter. Tim, painting his house and cursing Bruce Willis. Yeah, I developed the idea for Die Hard. (laughs) What do you mean, develop the idea for Die Hard? (laughs) I wonder what the idea, well, presumably it was... What about a film with a bloke, divorced from his wife, (laughs) going to visit her get the papers signed she gets kidnapped by terrorists at the office party
1: call it something like Nakatomi towers yeah and, uh, <laughs> the terrorists no, never mind he sneak in there and uh, he says yippee-ki-yay mother yeah. that's <laughs> his catchphrase thanks for a cup of tea <laughs> <laughs> um, well done tim
0: you must be gutted about that you mate. must be gutted uh here's an idea that i had a long yeah. time ago right and i swear i've got i've got the drawings to prove this when i was 12 I was thinking, you know, an obvious thing that doesn't exist in the world is a utensil that is a combination of a spoon and a fork. All you have to do is you have a spoon, but on one side of the spoon, there are ridged fork-like prongs, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that you have the benefits of both the spoon and the fork. I was going to call it the (laughs) foon. uh that's where i went wrong because of course now that exists you go to a camping shop and it's easy to find a spork Mm. Uh, every every camping shop will have a spork but i invented them well some ideas are kind of uh, obvious is the wrong word but um like conjoined words or a simple juxtaposition of two things that already exist yeah uh, a lot of people will have the idea. That's right. Happens a lot in in, in art and uh, you know writing and stuff, yes. doesn't it? Just a dramatic idea. But the successful people are the people that go out and actually act do on it. it. You know? Yeah, exactly. So we'll have some more of your texts about ideas that you had first uh, coming up later on in the show. Uh, but right now, here are the. Uh, are they, how do you pronounce it? Is it scatterlights or scatterlights? Scatterlights. Scatterlights. Okay, with ball of fire. <laughs> mmm that's that's Cribs is it just Cribs or the cribs? No, it's the Cribs and it's called men's needs men's I would have needs. listened to it that a bit closer if I'd known that was what it was called he doesn't I've really got needs yeah I, do I too. need men's yeah exactly so do I I need men's and uh that's from the album men's needs women's needs whatever Whatever. Whatever. That's good, man. I enjoyed that. The Cribs. This is Adam and Joe here on BBC Six Music. Mm. We've got a whole load of exciting things going on that you, the listeners, can get involved with. It's true, isn't it? There's almost too much. There's text the nation on the theme of ideas that you think you've had that other people have stolen. Mm -hmm. There's song wars coming up, which we want your votes for. Uh, You can choose the theme of next week's song wars. Oh, my Lord. You can suggest a theme for next week's text the nation. Yeah. It's so interactive, I almost wonder why we bother coming in. I do too. Do, do, too? do you too? Yes, I do too. Yes, I do too. too do, do too. <laughs> uh, we're going to be launch- launching... Lunching. Lunch- we're going to be, be lunching. Be- we're going to be lunching later on. And we thought maybe you could come along. But also, <laughs> we're, we're going to be launching this week's Song Wars in mm-hmm. just a second. Or rather, we're going to be... I- I'm confused. Don't man. worry, man. It's confusing because we're about to play a Kate Nash song and it's sending out weird nuclear right. b- waves of hey before oddness. before the kate nash song let me tell you let me tell you a little story okay okay i'm gonna tell a all story in this voice no i'm not i'm not this is something that happened to a friend of mine i'm going to change all the names just in case of sensitivity uh but uh let's call them oscar and leo okay mm. my friend oscar he uh, about uh, seven eight years ago he was walking along the street one day in uh, london town and he saw uh, a a kind of sale going on in some groovy part of town of camden somewhere like that and there was some an artist just selling his some crappy little t-shirts and bits of paintings and stuff that he'd done on bits of all wood and cardboard and anyway he snapped one of them up because he thought it was sort of funny um can you tell where this is going it's going to be amazingly valuable well it was a spray-on uh, spray, a spray on thing of, it's like, it's Banksy. It's the Bankster. He bought a, a sort of a little piece of Banksy for his mate, uh, Leo, and it was, uh, he paid about 80 quid for it, and he gave it mm-hmm. to Leo as a birthday present about eight years ago. Anyway, Leo had it valued the other day, mm-hmm. because, of course, uh, Banksy's in the news now. Mm-hmm. How much do you reckon? From eighty quid. This is just a well, little. Ten, tens of thousands. I this imagine. is, this how, is a... how big is it? Uh, it's small. It's like a tiny, crappy little thing. It's literally on a piece of old rubbish. Well, then probably hardboard. not tens. His, at his LA exhibition, they were selling for, you know, hundreds of thousands, right. weren't they? Fifty thousand pounds. Mm. Fifty grand mm. from uh, a eighty quid investment mm. in a little, little bit of Banksy wow how cool is that and here's the nice part of the story right because this is when you get into uh you know it could have been me territory what's that yeah. film with um nick cage yeah it could happen to you yeah anyway leo uh found out how much it was worth and now he's gonna split the money with um oscar who gave it oscar. to him isn't that nice just write down the real name 50 50. i'll tell you the real names while we're listening to kate nash not this you pumpkin soup <laughs> Kate Nash, uh, with a track called Pumpkin Soup. Is that really called Pumpkin Soup? Yeah, that's confusing, isn't it? It is. She doesn't sing about pumpkin, no, pumpkin Soup. No, did soup I miss it? mentioned. No, it's all about wanting someone's kiss. Yeah, that's not bad. It's a slightly less, um, irritating than the <laughs> last one. <laughs> that's very nice. A little bit of damning with faint praise there. Well, you know, I'm just, uh, acknowledging some people's hmm. feelings, because it's very catchy. Yeah. But sometimes things that are catchy in a simple way become irritating. That's right. Even like... though they have innate goodness. That's... They get, just get overplayed. Like us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> um there we go uh listen i've just got an important uh Ooh. email from joel hughes who sent in the suggestion for my song right last week it says morning it's joel hughes here from last week's song wars just woke up did we win oh, oh joel man we didn't sorry to say joel but you were trounced i'm we a 75% to 25 james rohan neanderthal man won. and uh but now we have an entirely new set of songs for you in this week's song wars Play that jingle. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, didn't warn Ben about that, Sorry, did I didn't warn Ben. I I just it. pointed at him as if he was going to set it going. Here we go.
1: It's time for Song Wars. The war of the songs. A couple of Jews by a couple of prongs. So check it, out. Check, it out. check it
0: out. Yes, indeedy. And this week, uh, or rather last week, we told you that... Did we? I can't remember. It's so confusing. Oh. No, no, no. This week, the um, songs were about... Uh, they, they had to incorporate the following elements. Yes. You had to be, A, sincere. Yes, because we were having a discussion about how both Adam and I tended to sort of rap our songs because yeah. we were a bit embarrassed about actually singing. Or do silly voices and stuff. Yeah, yeah, in a sincere way. So we decided that this week's song we'd both try and sing in a sincere way. So we had to pick a, a subject that we could be sincere and passionate about, and that subject... Is global warming. Yeah, climate change Mm. uh, Mm. and that kind of thing. Mm. And also the other element, because we were listening to that Peter Bjorn and John track... um, What's it called again? Young Folks, there you go. With the uh, wonderful whistling there, and we thought, that's the way to get a hit, you know. We've got to get some whistling. Mm. So it had to be sincere, it had to be about uh, climate change, and it had to incorporate whistling. Mm. How do you think you've done on those three elements there, Joe? Mm, I don't know. I'm not that confident this week. How's the sincerity? Uh, The sincerity's... Mm, it's it's <laughs> i don't know man you'd be the judge of that it's very difficult isn't it i mean I, I mean even even trying to be sincere i was my lyrics about global warming about climate change are pretty much from the heart and i was thinking back like they're sort of embarrassing because they're so stupid do you try stupid but i am a bit stupid <laughs> do you try and sing i are do try I'm, sing? I'm really trying to the sing truth, my my right, knackers right, off right, right yeah yeah uh so anyway should we play the songs uh who who wants to go first this week do you want to go first I'll go first okay um what the hell um yeah this is my song it's kind of it's just called the global warming song I'm no good with naming the songs no mine is called sincere whistling eco song uh, that's more imaginative yeah. than my title uh and this is kind of in the style of the Kings of convenience right yeah so it's kind of ballady and noodley mm-hmm. it has some whistling um uh, and it's also got the the sound of a distressed polar bear. Oh, I thought about polar bears. Did as you? Well. Yeah, I've got a lyrical nod. Uh, so this is this is my track. This is called the the Global Warming Song. No, uh, no, uh, no, 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 Ben, no, ben wrong stop, wrong stop, Ooh, Ben. Oh, that's the wrong one. Oh, Ben, ben that could have been disastrous. Ben, 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 ben. If you got the right one now. Okay, this is this is my song. Joe's song It's called the the Global Warming Song.
3: The world is dying. For So low it's a fall.
0: there we are that's the global warming song wow that's mm. good man you uh, i've got a few of those themes in there lyrically I bet. it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> i didn't go for al gore though i tried to hold myself back on that one Maidley. what's got Maidley does the extreme weather program he profits from global warming <laughs> while the world suffers he's coining it you have raised your game there man what do you think you have raised that took me less time than any other song no world. did it yeah. that's my favorite one of all the ones you've done i really phoned that one in that was good. Uh, I'm in <laughs> trouble. <laughs> what do you think I'm in a little bit of trouble? It doesn't bode well. But m- I've gone uh, musically. I've gone in a totally different direction, though. Uh, you're going to need to really put some volume beef into this, Ben. Um, and mine is called the Sincere Whistling Eco Song. Check it out. <laughs>
1: And I'm not the only one. I was flying to the beach, I was driving just for fun. Won't you listen to me whistle while I'm dying in the sun? Oh, People stop you whistling and think about the climate. People stop you whistling and think about the earth. People stop you whistling and think about destruction. Drink out of a plastic cup The world will be a desert Or maybe under ice I can't remember which it is But it will not be nice oh. There might be time If we change our ways for ways And this that's what the scientific community says Although it is confusing Cause sometimes we disagree But changing our behavior Should be good for you and me So people stop the whistling And think about the future People stop the whistling
0: very low down that's some more um, things in there did you put that to the backing track together or is that one that comes no package no that was uh the, the the little uh i think it's called island reggae bip, 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 that yeah. that that was pre-packaged the rest of it that's original really buxton skills one of the many things i liked about that was that this, the <laughs> lyrics and whistling just stopped for quite long periods yeah yeah Yeah, uh, that was good man thank you it showed a confidence and both of us hitting there the the rising sea levels and the polar bears obviously one of both of our chief concerns and also you know talking about the the fact that there is uh, still a little controversy is very, yeah there's no controversy about the fact we that the climate sure how to feel. is changing mm. but scientists are still disagreeing on key points mm, you know so listen your job uh, please it's not really a job we're, we're asking you please please <laughs> do it help us <laughs> doctor is to text and, and and let us know which of those songs you think is the better one uh, text six four zero four six during the show vote adam or joe um and, and while the song's off if you're listening to this what while the show's off if you're listening to this uh, on listen again uh, you can email adam and joe uh, dot six music at uk. yes there you go uh now do we have time for another track before the news yes okay joe this is one that i think you chose well, that's nice it's a bit of cheap trick yeah this is great this is from uh, my favorite film ever uh, over the edge directed by um, jonathan kaplan it's by an american band from the 70s called cheap trick uh and it's called surrender there you go that's the shins with sea legs that's going to be their new single released on december the third from their album wincing the night away which you should really get if you haven't got already watching the night away wincing wincing yeah wincing how do you wince the night away yeah you just go oh dear oh dear you just wander around going Ooh why because you're in the company of embarrassing people yeah i would say so you're socially awkward you know sounds a bit aloof of the shins they are a little bit aloof are they they spend the whole evening wincing at other people's behavior that's what they're going to be doing they're going to be going around going oh i don't belong here i'm a creep i'm a weirdo what am i doing here i don't belong here you know, it's a classic theme for the indie popsters. It's true. But, uh, what an amazing song, and what a fantastic band. You should... That's one of the... It's one of my albums of the year, Joe. Is it really? Yeah, Quincy and Iowa. Thank you, you Um, it's Text the Nation time. Thanks to everybody who's been texting in. We're going to catch up with some of your texts about ideas, uh, you believe have been stolen from you, or that you had first, and then have appeared, sponsored and marketed by someone else who's coining the cash that should be yours. This is one from Richard Flight. mm mm-hmm uh and he's in the climbers shop did we have someone else texting from the climbing shop he was the web guy from the climbers shop before who texted i think well we're reading out another one from him then okay hi adam and joe on the subject of having ideas before they were popular when i was a kid the wallpaper in my parents toilet the room not the toilet itself right papers a toilet no exactly was a repetitive pattern of some flower or other I happened to notice one day that if you weren't focusing on the wall itself, they sometimes all converged and started to look three-dimensional. I thought at the time how cool that was, and I used to do it a lot whilst revealing myself. I even tried to make some drawings that did the same thing and became three-dimensional. Well, obviously I was just a kid, didn't have a fully-formed marketing plan, so forgot about it. Lo and behold, a few years later, magic eye pictures were all the rage. Every kid had one on their bedroom wall, and every spare person was selling them on street corners damnation mm. that's right that's a nice way of c- categorizing the people that sell things like that as well what <laughs> spare people <laughs> well he didn't use the word people <laughs> he used a word that I'm not sure I can say on radio <laughs> almost certainly not yeah. that's a good one thanks for that yeah uh, Dean Mitchell from Trowbridge the gateway to the gateway to Bath but well, whose phone was that i don't think it was mine mine just buzzes oops <laughs> uh dean says i was the first person in the world to attach card with pegs to my rally tomahawk and latterly my chopper no. it made a clicking noise which sounded a bit like a moped but not really you're insane people have been doing that since the 50s for goodness sake do you think yes dean reckons it was him it wasn't you dean <laughs> but that's a good example of someone <laughs> with an inflated sense of significance <laughs> yeah wouldn't you say yeah definitely uh here's what david Oldham offers us uh oh, his, his name's dave offers us three ones uh here's my favorite of the three my brother has been known to write short stories in the postmodern slash paul Auster style <laughs> i wouldn't know what that was you've never read any paul Auster? no new york trilogy wasn't that his does he write for heat magazine no well, in that case i'm not familiar he with he can't it. he can't he sends them stuff but they will not publish they it won't do it um he's brilliant he writes really clever stuff. Uh-huh. And you should read a book. I'm going to go and That's find fun. one of the. Where, where where do you find these uh, books? Uh, stations, stations, train stations. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go to a. St- uh, he writes kind of very uh, kind of intellectual, you know, postmodern, but brilliant, really good stories. Mm. But they're always profoundly meaningful and amazing connections. Oof. And stuff about about tramps who are actually millionaires and that sort of business. Is it like, <laughs> is it like Roald Dahl? It's like the Channel 4 series The Secret Millionaire. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. He once told me the outline of a story he was working on. It was about a girl who is ignored by friends and colleagues. After being ignored for so long, she eventually becomes invisible. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That is good uh he's she's sort of erased by people ignoring her right yeah he'd got the whole thing planned out he was going to write it up he looked gutted when i told him that what he just described was an episode of buffy the vampire slayer (sighs) yeah I know that he can't have nicked it from Buffy because his girlfriend considers Buffy porn and won't let him watch it. <laughs> Quite right. That is very frustrating when you have that, that kind of synchronous thing. You're just not aware of the fact that this is going on in the world already. I remember when I was at college, I was uh, doing a lot of kind of goofy parodies of the news, and it was all about the delivery of the news. You know, mm. the way newsreaders readers spoke. I remember that, pre-day-to-day. Yeah, and... Uh, And then, of course, I wasn't listening to the radio at the time, but if I had been, I would have known that Chris Morris and Amanda Inucci were doing uh, the radio version of the day-to-day, which was called On the Hour, and that was pointed out to me by my tutor at college, who suggested that I acquaint myself with what was going on in the world, and, of course, they were doing it slightly better. Oh, dear. Here's another one from Kerry McNabb. Uh, Dear Adam and Joe, firstly, it's marvellous to hear you on the airwaves again just had to read that that's out. nice isn't it uh but i have to rant my flatmate and i had the idea for the film run fat boy run way before peg came up with it <sighs> we not only wrote our idea down but also cast it as well then lo and behold it was made without our consultation which is rude this is like the lady who was on uh, dragon's den the other day <laughs> with her bizarre film idea <laughs> yeah you know See, uh, they cast it as well what they were gonna cast peg swimmer didn't swimmer come up with that peg rewrote the script i'm not sure that that peg came up with the actual idea mm it was set in america then then he wrote rewrote it for england right but uh yeah that's frustrating i haven't seen run fat by run have you no still haven't seen it it was it did very well it didn't it? extremely well it's yeah. the peg factor man he's gold that guy he's gold everything he touches yeah there you go um so we have it. a few more of these a bit later on yeah. we'll wrap that up in a second uh but uh right now here is uh, the Queen of the stone age this reminds me that we haven't replied to zane's invitation yet have you zane Lowe's party yeah. invitation no um he's gonna be this anxious. is one uh, this is one of his favorite bands my email's been down that's my excuse anyway here's queens of the stone age enjoy it that's the queens of the stone age with make it wit chew mm-hmm. does that mean chewbacca mm-hmm. yes it does he it's wants to make love to chewbacca wants to have a little hairy snog with a wookie yeah i wouldn't go further than a snog because they're violent animals their uh, mating habits are, are quite bizarre no, i don't even want to think about the implications i wouldn't but take it from me they, <laughs> they have to uh, shampoo all over afterwards yeah yeah a yeah wookie. uh now joe i know that you're not a fan of i'm a celebrity get me out of here mm, that's Just, true despite the fact that you know anton deck presented it's true they're brills i love Ant and deck you know i do my best to dislike them because it seems to be like that's what a, a sort of cynical person would do but i can't do it because they're good man i like them they're, they're amusing i chuckle at all their lame gags mm. they do a good job on that program you, do you remember i ran into them in los angeles earlier in the year did you yeah in a restaurant how was that uh which one's which and is the taller of the two yeah the slightly he looked, more dumb, he looked like head. depressed yeah he didn't say much he fixed me with a slightly surly gaze. Did he? Uh the other one Deck Declan was really lovely. He's the judge. I'm not saying that that's their characters, but just at that particular moment. Yes. Uh tall ones seemed quite tired. I think Ant yeah, Ant is more volatile, I get yeah. the impression. They were sitting in silence. Well I'm sure they're talking slightly out. odd. The restaurant was quite empty and they were sat there in complete silence. Well, like a married couple. With a blonde lady. Probably like what you and me would be like mm. if we were in LA in a restaurant. Mm. What would we say to We'd each We'd be other? excited. We'd be, be unwrapping DVDs and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's and right. And through Max <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway, it wasn't that in the deck that I was going to talk about, and I'm sure that, uh, you know, everybody's been talking about this if they have been watching the show, but Mark Bannerman, I didn't even know who this guy was last week, but do you remember I mentioned the fact that I was concerned for his girlfriend, because there was a burgeoning romance on the programme between EastEnders star, as I now understand that he is, Mark Bannerman, and Keris Matthews, former singer of Catatonia, who's been on the show show and they were East End. Nobody's business for the first week out there. And it was and charismatic of uh, pretty sexy. Nothing actually happened. Okay. Nothing more extremely physical than a hug here and there. But there were some very lingering looks going on. And you could really tell that they felt uh, something intense was happening. Intense and spiritual was going on. And, of course, the programme makers edited it to make it look like it was more or less a done, sexy deal. Yeah. Mm. So I was worried for the girlfriend of Mark Bannerman. I don't think Keris is in a relationship at the moment, but Mark Bannerman was. I was thinking, man, this guy's going to pay the price when he gets out. Sure enough, this week he was the first to be booted out. And uh, not waiting for him there was his girlfriend, who had flown out a few days beforehand. not waiting no for him she didn't show up she'd gone out to australia a few days before but while she was on the plane things had got even steamier so when she arrived in australia she was confronted with a load more steamy footage and what uh, sort of thing had been happening the, the looks had got even more lingering the you toad ain't and... I mean? gone in the hole no no there was no whole toad action uh it was just that it was the writing was very much on the wall you know really? and, he was, and he was even saying to the, the other members of the camp you know i think i'm in real trouble i think i'm really in, in so many words he was saying i think i'm falling in love with her you know with the welsh songstress yeah with the popstrel um i'm never gonna say popstrel again in my good, life good. um but you know at first when when his girlfriend turned up i think she's called sarah at the airport and there was loads of paparazzi around her all snapping away she seemed fairly upbeat to the extent that i thought maybe it's not even a real relationship do you know what i mean maybe maybe he was just saying like look pretend to be my, it's my girlfriend a sh- it's a banter. And, and you yeah and you can Blunt come having whispers to the st- contestants he can stay in a hotel but i don't think that's true i think she just didn't realize how steamy it had gotten anyway by the time he was ejected she had left she had got on a plane no. and gone back she wasn't having any more of it so he gets out of the show and uh, sits down with that and deck to have the postprandial chat and have the glass of champagne and look back at some clips and be all upbeat about it mm. and he's like where's sarah and they said she's flown back And he was absolutely ashen-faced, mortified, to the extent that he couldn't really indulge in any of the upbeat banter. banter. Mm. He couldn't do anything. They were saying, so, give us some gossip from the cap. He's like, mate, I can't, I can't. I've embarrassed her, I've embarrassed myself. So they had to fill, like, half an hour of telly. Uh, they had to to do a little bit of filling. They had lots of packages they could throw to, but the packages compounded his, uh, mortification because he saw the way he'd come across. And I've never seen anything so viscerally real on TV for quite some time. This guy was totally destroyed. In terms of his emotional reaction? Yeah, I felt bad for him. I mean, obviously he'd behaved like a bit of a prat. Uh, in some ways. But on the other hand, he didn't, he, he was clearly gutted. And he, not only that, but the weeks were stretching ahead of him. The idea that not only could he not enjoy the, the hotel and everything that's laid on for them out there, he had to get right back on the plane and head back to what was going to be up. a pretty miserable Patch time. Adams. Yeah. Do some serious Patch Adams work. And then, uh, later on I went over to ITV2 and they had Matt Willis from Busted, who won last year, presenting. Right. And he got a little interview with Mark Bannerman. But Matt Willis was in no way equipped to deal with the raw levels of emotion. So he was saying, so how was it? And he's like, mate, I can't even talk to you now. I've got, I've got to get on a plane. I've got a phone call to make. I'm in real trouble. He's like, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, funny stories or anything? I can't. Look, I just can't. And Matt Willis was totally wow. in trouble because he, the rawness was too intense. I've got to see that. I've got a YouTube that. Yeah, yeah. I was, it was a pretty extraordinary moment. Anyway, there you go. Now, here's a track uh, from The Fall that I've chosen for you listeners after that uh, long diversion into the jungle. I hope you enjoy. This is, this is from uh, their album, The Unutterable, and they're never less than interesting, The Fall, and... Uh, sonically orally hourly this is sort of weird for the fall, very electronicky but i like it particularly because it ends with Marky e. smith sort of reading from what appears to be an article about the dj pete tong so he starts reading out little facts about pete tong from this article about what he carries around with him in his purse or whatever uh to the extent that he sort of cracks himself up while he's reading it hope you enjoy this is called dr buck's letter by the fall Exciting. Mm. The Arctic monkeys. Uh, with a track called Teddy Pickup. Do you remember when we first heard about the Arctic Monkeys, you came into the studio when we were back at XFM and you, uh, had an article that you cut out and you said, look at this, these guys, can you believe there's a band called the Arctic Monkeys? Did I? Yeah. And you said, oh, I've been reading all this hype about them, I'm sick of them already. I haven't even heard a bit of their music yet. Yeah, and we were both pouring scorn all over the notion. We were stupid. We were stupid, because they turn out to be wickles.
3: What a couple of idiots.
0: (laughs) (laughs) wickle wackles. I forgot about that, yeah there you go it um, is a bad name for a band though still i like it do you yeah you used to it now they don't exist they couldn't survive in the arctic i thought they were arctic monkeys they do exist like they can survive in the arctic <laughs> maybe not in the arctic but like i'm thinking of that film is it I like pa- to say the sea power cut arctic arctic mm. uh-huh yeah, yeah it's, it's nice, to say it's that nice that and way. hard in there mm. powakatsi or uh, one of those films no it's it's uh uh buraku buraka buraka you know, it's one of the films about uh, with long shots of sunsets and people sure, on escalators yeah. and stuff. Ka- and Ka- and yeah, and Paul oh, I think it's Boraka, the Tree People, or whatever it was. That's got a one a monkey it, with ice on its head, and it's in a it's in a lake that's peeking out and yeah. freezing. Borat should do a film like that. That's a good idea. Or that's <laughs> <laughs> You'd just be wandering around in, like, uh, Mexican salt mines. Are there salt mines in Mexico? Well, <laughs> oh, we can find some for you. Aye, we don't know what we're talking about. This is Adam and Joe on BBC uh, Six Music. We should probably wrap up Text the Nation now. Could we just have a Text the Nation jingle one more time there? Text the Nation. Text. Text. Text, text the Nation. What if I don't want to? Text the Nation. But I'm using email. Is that a problem? It, it doesn't matter. Text. Text this is a a, an email sent from gp what from your gp his name's giles pocklington but he shortens it to gp he's a gp yeah uh here we go dear adam and joe this is a list of things i'm sure i thought of years before they appeared in the marketplace number one the hard drive video recorder <laughs> i told my mum about my great idea when i was 13 23 years ago maybe my mum sold her son's idea to Enormo Corp, but i haven't experienced any trickle down yet wait a second hard drive video what mm. so what would his description have been then uh recording video images onto a computer hard disk <sighs> yeah. yeah but back 23 then, years ago 23 he reckons yeah. i think that's a lie because also it would have been meaningless did you hear back that then. gp Ooh. gp i'm not Boston's having it calling you a liar because what would i don't understand what your idea would have been because it would have been totally meaningless you needed the capacity You're and picking back picking a fight with gp back then like a big computer back then was about 200 megabytes of space yeah, you, you know what k- i mean still come up with the premise yeah right hold off on your anger okay. here's the second one doggot the yogurt for dogs <laughs> this started out as a weak joke <laughs> actually a spin-off from my cat cheese idea but that's a good idea but then i thought that dog owners are generally so soppy that they would buy this again someone has stolen my brainwaves, and he includes a picture of a dog with a four pack of Doggett. there you go that's a good idea man uh you know and the fact that he says it's a weak joke Yeah. Uh, self-effacing, admitting, you know, that that weakness to me strengthens the probability that the hard disk recorder is true. I think he's, I think he's honest with himself. He's a vision, maybe he's a visionary like Dr. Nakamax. Maybe, and you just can't (laughs) accept it. Yeah. Idea number three, I also had an idea about a mesh that could be woven into an aircraft's fuselage, which could tell the pilot if any damage had occurred on the plane. Based on my own extensive experience of building Lego fighter planes. Next year, it appeared on Tomorrow's World. And I'd like to say that he puts an apostrophe before the P of plane. Uh-huh. which again is attention to detail that to me suggests that this you do that as well don't you? Write... you put an apostrophe in front it's of it's correct english yeah. do i <laughs> in yeah, front you... of phone <laughs> phone i'm cool <laughs> uh, and i think i get on very well with uh, gp gp i believe all of that man gp act on some of these ideas guy for goodness sake yeah, the you... next one do it yeah seriously patent it here's one from steve banjo Stevie Banjo. Stephen Banjo. (laughs) Three years ago, I was at a lavish corporate drinks do and ended up chatting to the director of communications for McDonald's. I got really rather drunk and larry and began telling him that I knew McDonald's marketing strategy at the time was all wrong, mate. All about trying to convince us how healthy McDee's was. They do salads, lower salt content, etc., etc. Rubbish. You're barking up the wrong tree. It's not healthiness that'll get your average middle-class taxpayer into mickey d's i said it's quality people don't expect a burger to be healthy they just want it made out of proper meat okay right so instead of trying to convince us it's healthy which will never work just add a completely premium burger to the menu i argued you could get aberdeen angus steak even you've got the supply chain the contacts the farmers the marketing the outlets everything you need it'd be easy all you do is buy good steak meat cook it properly slap it on the menu for five ninety nine If you just had that one burger on the menu i'd go to mcdonald's you can call it i said in a moment of inspiration the mcangus and they have one yeah he didn't listen to me but one year later i was walking down queensway and was arrested by a massive banner in the window of mcdonald's but i'm having to skip bits that are quite rude about mcdonald's right uh (laughs) Oh, no, it's in Burger King, The bur- in the window of Burger King. New, the Angus Burger, made with Aberdeen Angus Steak Meat. There you go. So Mickey D didn't even pay attention when a gift horse was looking him in the mouth. He probably mentioned it drunkenly to the Burger King guy. Right. At one of the secret burger, burger meetings. The clown got wasted yeah, the, and he was the, staggering over the muck bohemian grove. He went over to the king and the king was mm. there looking creepy at the ATM or whatever and he just mentioned the Angus idea. Well, you shouldn't be giving ideas to evil corporations, you know? yeah it's true speaking you should be trying to bring them down yeah like mark thomas speaking which can <laughs> mm. <Did laughs> you see the coke thing Shh. here's another one from peter green and seward's end saffron walden dear adam and joe my brother unashamedly claims to have invented the noise and insult that you make when you're challenging someone's mental ability you know the noise you make when you push your tongue into the mouth it's called a, <laughs> m- a meh. it's called the mehe. Below your bottom lip and make the noise. It's a great relief to him that no money has ever been made from it. That's quite common, you know. Thinking you've thought of a phrase or a joke first. Like I'm convinced I thought of Mickey Bubbles. For Michel buble Yes, I think you did too. Singer. Yeah. But then he, I saw him hosting the Paul O'Grady show and he was using it himself. I bet he heard it off you. Do you think? Definitely. Do you think I was the first to say Mickey Bubbles? You, certainly the first that I heard. Mm-hmm. I remember when you said that first. And I thought, Joe's clever. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there we go well that's we do have more we might come back uh, to them if we have any more brilliant ones you can still text 64046 or email adam and dot music at uk. don't forget we're looking for your ideas for song wars next week plus any suggestions for text the nation next week basically just write the show if you want to present it <laughs> give us a call do my i need a cleaner yeah um, I, I need a haircut i mm, need a some kind of nutritionist as well uh i tell you the other thing i need my email's gone down if anyone could sort that out i phoned up yeah. the uh, i like sn- snogging attractive people yeah anyone who wants to snog nude photos that kind of thing yeah <laughs> and just send us anything that would be ideal uh right now here is a song this is the first single i ever bought joe cornish oh no what's it gonna be it's craftwork with Ooh. the model that's a different version to the one i've got on my greatest hits collection i think that might be a live version might it? our notes here say recorded for dot 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 so it might be a oh right a right, session version. thing yeah there you go that was like, XTC with life mm. begins at the hop and before that you heard craftwork with the model yeah you know when people say the hop it reminds me of the walton hop mm. you know what happened there yes we do mm, yes, we creepy do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um this is adam and joe on bbc six music the station where music matters how much though a great deal oh what would what would it do for music anything would it if if there was a problem with the music they it would do its own music yeah would it get in a fight for the music yeah really yeah to the death yeah oh my lord yeah it's actually a problem we wouldn't know would we uh we might have to yeah because oh, we work here that's scary hey listen um this week i went to see a film well I, thank you very much I don't go to the films very often because of the uh, children factor it's very hard to get out of the house but we made it to a special screening of a new film um, that has a friend of ours in it the film is called No Country for Old Men and it's the new film by the Coen brothers and the friend of ours that's in it is Kelly MacDonald hang on when you say we and ours mm. who are you talk about me and about? my, my, my okay. beautiful wife okay uh, so we went along and, uh, and checked it out it is wicked man Ooh, it's so good uh and i'm not like the cohen brothers have had a run of slightly stinky films. they've had some problems with the lady killers yeah uh they had I some problems yeah killers. that was so bad it was almost invisible Oh my lord they had a, they did a film that nobody even saw there was one with clooney and uh zeta jones in it that That's i saw one. oh it my called? gosh i can't even remember what it was called it was just a disgrace it was like a sort of romantic screwball comedy yeah and uh, But it, they're back on it form. It shocking. Back on form in a big way. Mm. In a very big way. And it's like fairly familiar territory for them. It's fargonic. Yeah, it's very fargonic. A lot of uh, thematically similar things going on there and some of the extreme violence you feel as if uh, they've done before. But, they, but they've certainly put like an amazing new sheen on the whole thing and packed it with enough uh, new flourishes to make it well Charlie the visit. Unfortunately, he's not in it. He's not an amazing new Sheen. I was disappointed by the lack of the amazing Sheen. Where's his kids? Charlie's? Yeah. There should be a new generation of Sheens. There should be. Absolutely right. Mr. Sheen. Mr. Sheen. Get with it, Charlie. He's too busy being selfish, though, isn't he? It's true. To have children. Anyway, um, Josh Brolin is in it. He's sexy. And, um, uh, the, there's a guy in it called Javier Bardem. Are you familiar Mm. with him? Yeah, I'm, yeah he's a Spanish actor right what yeah. kind of stuff do you know what he's been in before all sorts of films he looks like a kind of chunkier more thick-set Antonio Banderas yeah kind of heavily lidded eyes he's hot right now he's so hot right now but he plays this this kind of um, pure psychopathic killer man mm. in this film and it's it's like a, a classic villain being born right before your eyes you know what i mean he goes around and his modus operandi uh, well some of it's in the trailer okay so in the trailer you see that he goes around and he carries with him an oxygen tank with this um sort of air gun thing that's used to uh kill cattle and stuff like that you know mm. they put it up to their mm-hmm. foreheads and bang mm. and a bolt comes out and it just kills them instantly and this is what this guy uses to dispatch a lot of his victims right that's not new Uh, who, who else has used Michael Haneke's Benny's video. Really? There you go. Anyway, well, this, he cuts an amazing figure. You see this guy walking around. Does he go around with the oxygen tank in Benny's video? No. No. Well, this is what makes it so cool this time. And he's also got an amazing mad haircut, this guy. The Coen brothers have, like, got this incredibly sinister creepy, long, fringe haircut. It's difficult to describe. It looks like a looks like a lady's wig that this guy's wearing, almost. And he's such... are creepy. They are creepy, aren't they? And he's a <laughs> frightening figure. Anyway, there's a brilliant bit in the film where, uh, after an incredibly exciting and tense shoot-up, where a lot of people get injured, and the injuries are really horrific in this film. You see all the misery of... Uh, gun, I love to see the misery. Gunplay. Joe loves a bit of uh, gunplay misery, where well, you'll be happy with this, because mm-hmm. he gets badly shot in the leg right and there's Ouch. a great scene and it's it's like a sort of uh, he gets uh, peppered with um you know shot from a shotgun mm. kind of thing and he has to go and operate on himself you see that in itself is brilliant because yeah. most movies uh, don't bother with the repercussions of injury yeah but when they do it's always a winner when rambo has to sew up his big stitch that's right that brilliant bit in um what's the Clooney uh, war f- iraq war film three kings three kings when they show you the exact uh anatomy of a gunshot wound mm. do you remember that going bit? into the gut and yeah exactly yeah, because really septic. there's enough drama in just being shot once exactly and the subsequent uh, debilitation and pain that that, that would uh, but it's it's a brilliant thing i love it in movies when people have to operate on themselves yeah and you, you and this are. is an all-time classic really of self-operation right mm. uh, javier bardem sewing up his gunshot wound in no country for old men mm. is just excruciating where is the wound in the leg it's in the leg and he's brilliant because he's got like a a, a real doctor's mind on him this guy's really smart so he knows exactly what to do he kind of uh breaks into a pharmacy gets all the equipment then goes home i like a sloppy self-operation no he's good man he's, he's good. He good and you know another one who, that's similar is ronin do you remember that where de niro gets a gunshot wound i think there as well and he has to he basically has to lie on the table and instruct his mates how to extract the bullet and stuff wow uh, and he's oh it's it's really painful it's one of my favorite self-operation really? shall i injure you if you could no, you could operate on yourself that's what i was working Shall I around do that to? to you for christmas yeah well maybe you could do it to me while we're listening to uh, the, right. the pipettes I'll right now this is paul shapes There you go. That's uh, Paul Shapes by the Pipettes. It's exciting, isn't it? It's like being tickled by schoolgirls. It was very upbeat. It was nice. I know what it's like being tickled by schoolgirls. I do, and it's exactly like that song. It's nice. Very uh, nice. Hey, somebody texted in Steve in, uh, Leicester uh says let's not forget the Swayze moment in Roadhouse where he stitches his own wound brilliant I love it you know uh I can't believe that Joe says he hasn't seen that film not all the way through it's my way or the highway I've heard of its reputation ah it's a peach is it really yeah you can get that film for like one pound 50 or something on DVD wow it's well worth a look that's an enjoyable slice of Swayze right there Uh, some of my uh favorite operation moments in films. I like the bit in Day of the Dead. I like an operation where someone wakes up. <laughs> yeah, in a film. I like the bit in Day of the Dead. It's a zombie, so it's not really a person. But <laughs> he's on the table and his guts are
1: open. And he sits up <laughs> <laughs> and all his guts fall out. Oh dear! What a I remember that. The floor. I like awful.
0: that bit. Um, there's a great German film called Autopsy. Actually, it's not great. It's rubbish that's all about people being awake during operation i mean that is the most horrific thing that you could possibly imagine isn't it when you read stories about people who are conscious during their operations but unable to <laughs> say anything <laughs> so they can hear all the sounds they don't actually necessarily feel all the pain and oh, everything this is unsuitable for early saturday morning oh my lord terminator as well i mean he's a robot as well but there's some very good self operation in Terminator. that was the one. first and two yeah 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 and uh, we mentioned rambo of course total recall as well that kind of counts Stunning when he... that thing up his nose yeah we mentioned it the mm-hmm. other day to get the thing out of his brain, the little mm. the beeper. It's good, and there's a great beeper moment in No Country for Old Men. And it's so very like. good. I'm having a sort of a, an idea about a group of surgeons. Uh-huh. Okay, have we got the news? I'll, I'll do the idea after the news. No, it's I'm a excited. cliffhanger. I want to. No, wait, it's a cliffhanger. Teasing oh, news
1: about the surgeons. going to make money off of
0: this. Okay, uh, it's coming up to half past eleven here on BBC Six Music. This is Adam and Joe. Half an hour left of our show, but right now here is the news read to you by Harvey Cook. <laughs> Digital radio, digital TV, BBC Six Music. Photos down under boot out the government. Energy. Then folds with Rock in the Suburbs. Uh, this is Adam and Joe on BBC Six Music. We left you on a cliffhanger before the news. Joe was just about to reveal his amazing idea for a bit of self-surgery film action. Well, I think we can all agree that it's an exciting component in any feature film when somebody injures themselves and has to operate on it themselves. A bit of auto-surgery. So how about going with that idea and kind of building a whole film around it? My idea is for a film about a group of the world's top surgeons. Uh And they're flying in a private jet to a top surgeon conference. Right uh they fly over some area of the amazon yeah that's inhabited by cannibals oh. and the plane crashes yeah so the top surgeons are stuck in the jungle and they're attacked by the cannibals i like it uh they're really they're, they're completely vicious they're vicious oh, than cannibals so. they attack them in all sorts of new ways injuring them in ways previously unknown <laughs> the surgeons surgery skills are pushed to the limit, and they're th- even attacked while they're doing surgery. <laughs> Some of them are separated. They have to. Uh, they've got all their equipment as well. So we're we're moving this whole genre beyond the you know needle and thread, yes, uh, stitching up a wound thing. It's like brain operations going on 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 one end of the body simultaneously reattaching a leg while another guy's reattaching the leg of the guy who's reattaching the leg, <laughs> and, the and the cannibals are attacking. He's chewing on the he's toes. Chewing on the toes. <laughs> there's not enough cameras to cover the action <laughs> it's in imax <laughs> and digital dts oh, it's, like am- it. it's amazing i like it i like it uh, it so got that, a deal it's a bit like uh a meets cannibal holocaust yes uh maybe that would be the pitch yeah uh, meets uh what's a good surgeon film uh can't think of any sammy the surgeon i had another <laughs> idea for I a love film sammy the surgeon. <laughs> yeah, I had another idea for a film this week about a uh a, like a stuntman mm uh and he gets in he's a very famous stuntman <laughs> he gets infected by a virus uh it's called resident evil Knievel. <laughs> and he um <laughs> he gets he gets infected with a zombie virus yeah uh, but this makes him a more famous stuntman because he can do amazing stunts <laughs> right. and it doesn't matter because he's immortal he's a zombie but his manager has a tough time because <laughs> he keeps trying to eat everybody wait a second isn't that mm. a bit what was the dreadful nick cage film uh the ghost rider yeah not the same it's got a little bit of that in it though it, it, it it's not one i will pursue Immortal it's derivative stuntmen. of uh, of of hot rod and there's an australian film called the devil made me do it about okay. a stuntman it's too similar to a lot of other stuff out there it's good stuff there you're it's, sorted with it's the good surgeons. For a radio link we need a we need a title for the surgeons uh film <coughs> we couldn't think of anything immediately because you know resident evil knievel you know, that's great stuff heal th- it might be called he- heal thyself heal thyself you know yes exactly something like that um we thought uh, another good self-operation bit is in apocalypto there's a terrific little bit where uh, the mother of a little boy sews up a wound in his arm or leg with ants heads <laughs> yeah. she gets the ants to bite the wound together and then she pulls the bodies off the ants so just their heads are left he's clever that uh, anti semite isn't he that that uh, uh, mel gibbons yeah he's brilliant he is a, he's brilliant the genius racist <laughs> yeah that's what i call him um and there's 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 lots more in fact somebody else uh, mentioned the bit in pan's labyrinth where oh, captain fidel sews up the side of his mouth pan's labyrinth was almost too much for me it's way too much i'm a big fan of guillermo del toro's work i'm not a big massive fan of pan's labyrinth it's good it's imaginative stuff but some of it is so Horrible. extreme it's man. hard to justify there's one bit in there where if you've seen the film you'll know what i'm talking about it involves uh, some face bashing a and bottle a, and of and a a man's bottle. face one bit is the opening scene it's the it's the most upsetting bit of violence oh. that i've ever ever seen in a film it's really hard to take but uh pretty you know pretty good film mm. all in all it's good film
1: should we have a little bit of chirpy music now
0: no okay uh, okay yes we uh, are we gonna do what is this it's a trail that we're gonna play right now for the ravenettes playing in the hub is that right Interpol. Oh, we're going to do Interpol. I was always excited about the trails and the news, very upset to hear about Bon de Role splitting. I didn't know they'd formed. No, I don't know who they are. I mean, Bon de Role, is that a big band right now? It's very upsetting for them, but uh, anyway, here's Interpol. That's Interpol with number one in threesome. This is Adam and Joe here on BBC 6 Music coming up to the end of our show. We've got less than quarter of an hour left. I and know, and we've got a lot to pack in actually. We so do. let's get straight on with uh, reminding people who may have just tuned in of the two songs up for Song Wars this week. This is the part of the show where Adam and I compose uh, songs individually on a theme and then you have to vote for which one you think is the best. This week's theme, it was a kind of three-pronged theme. It had to be sung sincerely. It was about global warming and it had to have a whistling passage in it. Yeah. Uh, So let's start with mine. Uh, This is simply called the Global Warming Song, and it's done in the style of uh, the Kings of Convenience. we were actually that that was just a little tease there but mm. but we I, I thought we were going to play the whole thing mm. should we we should play the whole thing we should we? play the whole thing yeah so mm. oh here we go
3: is dying. The world is dying in a couple of years we will all be frying
0: We go. How much more sincere than that can you get? That was good. It starts with a real sucker punch and about you the world say, dying. You say you phoned that one in, man. I can't believe that those got harmonies to, got and, to try and stuff. This hard. Nah, top of the head. No. Man. Some of the, sometimes the best stuff just comes out like that so there we go if, if, if you like that one then uh, vote joe text 64046 or if you're listening again uh, email adam and six music at bbc.co.uk uh, th- it's that song versus this song adam's adam song yeah this is the sincere whistling eco song and i've taken a different tack musically this is more of a pop approach to the whole problem yeah boy i layer everything up uh, yeah because if you got a weak voice i'm not saying you do you, you're a good singer but uh yes, my voice isn't really uh, you know i'm no tom york so i have to layer it up about five times <laughs> before i get any tunefulness out of it so those are the songs to choose from listeners on this week's song wars uh text adam or joe to six four zero four six or if you want to vote after the show ends then email adam and joe dot six music at bbc .co.uk. now here's a track that i've chosen for you friends this is from uh um i don't know it's not really anybody's favorite lou reed album i don't think the bells but uh i hate it yeah joe absolutely hates i haven't even heard it and i hate the it. bells but uh i've got a soft spot for this track which is track one on the bells and it's it almost sounds as if lou reed is doing a parody of of himself the I way i call he's... it the balls Ooh, dear no. dear Joe's, Joe Cornish absolutely slams the bells by Lou Reed there on uh, BBC Six Music. But, uh, yeah, check this out. His accent is is uh, ludicrous in a very enjoyable way. Hope you like this. It's called Stupid Man. Stupid Man.
1: man.
0: Stupid Man. It's man. like a Muppet and, song. Yeah. It's from like, Muppets Take Manhattan. I love it. It's good. Uh, our time's nearly up from, uh, oh, oh, I'm going to reconstruct that sentence. I'm going to give that sentence reconstructive surgery. I like the beginning of it. Our time's (laughs) nearly up for... (laughs) You could have gone anyway. Why did you lose confidence (laughs) with that one? I don't know. I'm tired. Are you? I had fun last night. Did you? What were you doing? I was on my own. Oh.
3: <laughs>
0: on your own fun. Um, listen, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> nearly time for the end of the show. <laughs> thanks very much for listening. We'll be back at the same time next Saturday morning, what? 9 till 12. I thought I said something wrong. Someone texted you in. You did, I- yeah. Thanks to Taff and Laura in Bristol, uh, who've sent in an email. I'll, I'll, I'll read every word of it. Are you sure that Interpol track isn't called? no. No, no, what? I'm confused about what it's called. Number one in threesome. I said it was called number one in threesome. Of course it's called no I in threesome. But you see, Taff and Laura, you you don't make that distinction. Because it's the N-O, space, and then just a straight line. Is it a one or an I? That's where I went wrong. You know? (laughs) But you're right. Adam (laughs) did, did get it wrong. Hi. They also say, by the way, I'm glad you qualified the statement, I love it when people wake up during operations with in films.
3: Mm. Mm. i I don't don't
0: i don't like it in real life when that happens but that brings us on to the theme of text the nation next week yeah uh we've decided it's going to be um horror film ideas okay don't you think yeah we can try yeah (laughs) yeah why not uh we we don't have too long to set this up but the idea is that horror films are quite played out yeah well it's all just i mean the lowest common denominator is torture porn isn't it yeah and there's not that much imaginative stuff that goes into that because eli roth brought the genre to its knees we were looking at the poster for shrooms uh the market seems to be swamped with rubbish so we'd like your ideas for taking the horror genre uh in a new direction yeah some really imaginative scary ideas we want from you chaps okay let's let's lick this problem together we can do it yeah. i'm pretty sure we can yeah uh but listen until then thank you so much for all your texts and emails and for listening to the show in general we really appreciate it um and uh, anything else to add to that show no thanks very much adam <laughs> liz kershaw is coming up and uh that's it for another week here's mars with pump up the we'll volume. see you next week
1: bye bye love you bye <laughs>